I'm Whitney Walker, and this is the Women Waken podcast, where I interview guests who are in the field of spiritual work and healing using their gifts of the divine feminine. We talk all about these amazing gifts that these particular guests have and how they're bringing them forth into the world. On this episode, I welcome my dear friend, Radhavi, whose special gift is to help people identify and connect with their inner child, which is such powerful work because so often we have deep wounds that stem from our childhood and can really cause a lot of dysfunction and pain in later life. So take a listen, enjoy, and here's my guest. Hello, Radhavi. Welcome, and thank you so much for being one of the first guests on the Women Waken podcast. Well, hi, Whitney. I am so delighted to to be one of the first and um, and to be on your podcast. I really appreciate your invitation. Of course, of course. And Radhavi, I've been um, so lucky as to to have spoken with you and learned about the work that you do. You do work for the wounded inner child. And, you know, as a therapist, I've really come to see the importance of that. And that a big part of healing for individuals is allowing that inner child, that the wounds to be seen so that they can be healed. And that almost everybody has those wounds. Everybody has those wounds. Everybody has some kind of disappointment. One of the things that I think adults ought to to recognize or maybe remember that how they view um, trauma maybe is very different from how a child would view trauma. For instance, um, an adult would say, oh, you know, don't worry about that. But, you know, you, you know, because I just slap your hand, slap the hand because the child is wanting to touch the stove. But when, a, a, let's say, a five-year-old hand is slapped, don't do that. You could get hurt. The tone of voice and the the energy can traumatize that child very easily. So as adults, we have to stop overlooking some of these things and really see what is a child inside would feel or what is a child within them had felt. We can't overlook it and it can't be glazed over by our adult um, thoughts about it. The adult cannot speak for the child. And that is my years of experience and understanding and even from my own story. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to hearing your story. First, can I'd love to know a little more about how this work looks now. You know, you've created a business around this. You've created a, a really valuable and beautiful offering where people can find you to do this work. So what does that look like? Do you do that in individual sessions? Do you lead groups? Yeah, I, I do that in individual sessions. And I have also done workshops with like 10 people. And in those days, I have paused from that because it was really deep and intense because I would process every person in the workshop. And by the time it, the workshop is over, I'm just, you know, I, it, it, I've been exhausted. And so I've stepped back from that and I'm looking for another way. I'm waiting for my creativity to come through to see how I'm going to do that. In how wonderful. Well, why don't we go back a little bit? And I would love to hear where this work was born. You know, when was this seed first planted that led to you being a an expert and to really accessing your gifts in helping people get to that wounded inner child? Oh, that's a long, old story. <laughs> um, well, as a child growing up, I was very sensitive and I'm still a, a, a highly sensitive person. And our children can see much more than they understand from their intellect. 
because you're seeing from vibration. And I had a real difficult problem with my mother because at birth, I was a very, um, she was in labor for three days and that was really very hard for her. We would have died if the, if the, the nurse hadn't, I think, I think an angel supported that. She actually pushed her hand up and pulled me out because I was across my mother. I was a, very, a, a really bad breach and I would not be able to be born. So my mother, my mother looked at that as my fault. So that was the beginning of our little differences and blame. So I held all of those, my, my wounding, and there was a lot more to it than that. But I held all of that inside of me and closed down and separated myself from the family. As I grew older, I felt that this is about the little child. It's not about me being older now. I'm stepping away from that. I'm stepping away from all that happened to me because I was so such a withdrawn and sad little girl. Yet the memories would not go away. They were there all the time. And I would not talk about my childhood. My children didn't know about my childhood. Nobody knew about it. And so I was in business and a, and a very successful business, but I was always looking for something. This, there was a search for something. And I, I had that sense of, of spirit in me for many, all since my childhood, always look, you know, God, I heard about God and I heard about um, where God is, and I was fascinated about the word God. So there was a spiritual outlook about me, and I'm always searching, going for meditation and, and, and yoga and all of that. However, my marriage, when I moved to the, to the United States, and I was intuitive, so I would get little guidance from spirit. And when I moved to the United States, I had... Uh, we bought a business for the home for the elderly, which was a lot of work for me, extreme work. And one day, Spirit guided me to go to massage school. I always listened and I always followed the message. So I went to night school because I'm, I have the business. So I went to night school and um, there was an automatic thing that happened in, 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 in um, massage school. I would close my eyes. I couldn't open my eyes. And nobody said anything to me, which was a blessing. And during that time, I was separated from my husband. And I, and I had a relationship that didn't last. And I was very deeply wounded about that because I thought I was looking for my father. And I thought I found my father. However... I was in love with the idea of my father. And during that time, which was very, very painful, um, my, my child came and stood in front of me, saddened, looking straight in my eyes, and I was shocked. And I thought, go away. I don't need, I, I don't need to see you. I am, I am detached from you. And and that child stayed there for three weeks. And I would get angry at times and actually speak out. I said, I don't want to see you. But finally, at the end of three weeks, I, I knew that I had to connect with her. And what happened, I got to learn. I went to someone who did massage, someone in the outer part of my spiritual group, I heard she did other things other than massage. And I had no idea. I didn't know anyone else to go to. So I called and I said, you know, I, I want to connect my, my, my child with me. And she says, oh, that's, that's one of the things I do. And I was totally shocked because I had no idea anybody ever did an inner child work, which is really funny. So I went to her and um, for that one session, and what I discovered 
in that session is that what I needed to do was to connect my memories with my emotions. I got to experience something because she asked me, you know, what comes up for me. And I told her and I, and I went home and did my own inner healing self. And that was a very intense trip for me. And I began to learn because that's where my soul wanted me to get into the classroom of experiencing, because that's where the wisdom came. And as soon as I would continue to release, I began to understand the psychology and the emotions, because that was a natural thing for me of of human beings and the human conditioning. And as I got to learn more about me, I got to learn about everyone else. And so here was my my healing going on. Here it is. Now I'm a massage therapist. Here it is. I couldn't open my eyes when I'm working. So that was the whole plan. When I'm working on a client and my eyes are closed. And I and this is this is really important that I want people to really understand that when you hold your your emotions and hold your your, your secret shame inside, you're blocking the light and, and you're you you're blocking yourself into your egoic state. What happened through my own experience is that as I continued to unveil, I was moving more into my soul's energy. And here was the gift that I received, but that, that was held there for me from lifetimes. The gift of intuition, the gift of empathy, the gift of sight. I was able to see the colors. I was able to feel the colors. And I become a lot more sensitive and intuitive than I ever was before. And that slowly moved me more into um, the service that I do today. I used to take their emotions. And that's, and, and, and I no longer do that. I mean, I can feel the emotions and I can cry with my client at times, but I'm in a different frequency now where. I know what's happening and I can hear it through the voice. I've always did know that. I can pick it up through whatever they write when they fill the form out to say, what is it? Tell me your age. Tell me what has happened. I can read that and I can feel whatever emotion that they're holding. It's there. And and the level of pain, the level of how deep that emotion is maybe in one particular thing that they write. So that's the evolution of of my service. What I like people to to really understand is that the the memories, every memory you have is in your cells. It's trapped in your cells. And I know that from experience because I have worked with a few clients where these cells speak to me. It's God's. It's the divine is in the cell. Our body is a sacred temple. And in that temple is the divinity. And it was so very deep because the, the, the cells are trapped by the wounding memories. And it's very, and that's one of the reasons it's very important that people must unveil what happened to them. They're not only not moving forward but they're still living in that sense of belief and identification and a distorted thinking of what happened. You know, to me, clearing, um, clearing the, the, you're unveiling your, your, your traumas and, and wounds really allows a portal, your portal to open to your spiritual awakening. You, you, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about ascension now and that, People will be ascending, but the, the fact is you can't ascend with a big backpack behind you. It's not going to happen. No. And I think that people don't want to recognize that. I think people would rather believe that the past is past and they can just continue to forget it and hope that as it goes unseen, it doesn't uh, impact them. But to your point, I think that it does. 
very much does. I mean, I have, uh, in my own personal understanding and experience with, with so many clients over the 30 years, I've learned not only releasing my own wounds, but I've learned a lot through my clients who have had worse situations than I have had and how valuable it is to retrieve that child. I've seen clients, I mean, it's like the happiest moment of their life is to find that little child and bring it home to their heart. And, you know, I often ask my clients, what are you grateful for from this session? Give me three things you're grateful for. The first thing they say, it's the child, my child. So there is a coming home to that peace that has been separated. And it's very, very important because that little child is a wisdom keeper, unknown misunderstanding or not understanding that is the child is a wisdom keeper. Why is that? Because the child is the one that holds the innocence, the essence of our being before we were conditioned, before we moved away from our unity of, of one and got into the place of separation because we were taught our name and the name of everything around us, which sounded really wonderful, but we fell into the program of, of what it is that... Um, carries the human conditioning. We no longer live from here. We live from this belief of what is going to make us successful, what is going to make us be seen, and um, forgot about the simple heart of love. Would you say that our inner child holds the truth about who we are? Absolutely, because that that is where the essence, the essence of our soul. <clears throat> we, we are here, the body is a sacred temple, and the soul is what is here to, to learn, grow, and evolve. And there's nothing, uh, of course, it's the soul consciousness. It is part of consciousness. And that moves me into how... I I know before I get to that, I know you want to talk about the fallen being. Yes. Because I wanted to talk about the essence of the soul. I know that the fallen beings or the, the fallen angels is something that people don't commonly talk about. This has been going on for thousands of years. Christ was confronted with the fallen beings. And this is one of the reasons why he was crucified. Because his teaching and his sense of consciousness went against the course of what it is that the fallen beings were teaching. And to keep people controlled and trapped and feel weakened, whereas the Christ consciousness is within every human being. Unfortunately, it's, the church took some of his teachings and turned it around in their own way and created imprints and programs of belief that many religions have continued today because they really don't. It has moved on from lifetimes to lifetimes, to generation to generations. And that is another set of deep imprints that human beings hold, being enslaved by the beliefs and thoughts that we come back in lifetime over lifetime and carry that. So that is part of my soul's contract. One of my soul's contract is to help to heal the wounded child. And the next soul contract is to clear the, fall, the energy from the fallen beings from humanity. And it's a very, very deep, to me, a sacred responsibility that I have, a very sacred. And I no longer feel that 
that I rather be is doing the service in what I do. I really feel that the divine, I've handed, I have touched that divinity. And it's the divine that I let myself go and to allow the divine to take over the guidance of my service. So it comes through you. Yes. And how does it come through me? Because I constantly am constantly unveiling. I'm constantly moving towards a more expansive consciousness. All the time, it is my passion. My devotion to spirit is my passion. And and that allows me to to, um, feel the rewards of that. And the more we devote ourselves to the divine, the more expansive our consciousness will get in the service of whatever it is we do on this planet. It's beautiful. Radhavi, could you tell us a little bit about your idea of soul contracts? Yeah, I, I, um, a soul contract to me is, I didn't know it was my soul contract, but I'm saying now after the fact, it's a passion, passion that we have. And, you know, as um, we move and we can't get away, we can't get away from this thing that, that attracts us. For instance, <clears throat> As a little child, um, they may really, really love to draw and do, keep drawing all the time. But, you know, going to school or getting older and still very passionate about art, parents may say, you're never get, going to get make a living off art. So children, some parents sometimes try to condition their children into something else that they that the parents feel would be good for you. And um, whether we realize it or not, if we stop to think about it, most of us are conditioned into something, into a belief at least, identify with that. So the, the passion that leads one from their spirit, from their heart, it's commonly can see that as a contract. It's an agreement that the soul has made to move into this world to experience what it is it wants to experience and to evolve through. And for me, I didn't know what my soul contract was. I was going on a radio show where, you know, they have different people talking on on these programs. And I was speaking to one of of the people to talk about before I get on the show. And I heard myself saying, this is my soul contract. It came through my soul. This is my soul contract. And to break the code of the human conditioning. So it came through me. And now I can look back and maybe explain to people what a soul contract is. And sometimes a soul contract may not be what you're going to do to serve the world, but what are you going to do to evolve your soul. It may be forgiving a parent who really, really abused you. It could be forgiveness for some horrendous things that happened to you. When one can get to that state to say, I can truly forgive from my heart is a major, major, major breakthrough for any human being. So it's not just how we serve um, as a healing or facilitation, it's how we really say, serve and allow the soul to expand itself, to bring more peace on this planet. We're all in a collective. And how, what is it we're here to do? What we're here to do is to bring unity and to bring an place of inner peace. That is the bottom line in my world. And when we live from that, there's so much more out there that we can do. We're serving the planet when we live as that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when we say soul contract, do you consider it to be an agreement we made before our soul came into this experience? Absolutely. Because... My, I have been in touch, well, they were in touch with me 
my council of nine, my, and they said, we are your in-between life. So we do have an in-between life of counseling, okay? <clears throat> this is what you did um, in that lifetime. Maybe discuss what it is um, we're getting ready to incarnate and what the plan is for us to do and to, uh, to make a commitment. And all of this is discussed in between lifetimes. And I know that there are people who do hypnosis to get people to, to experience and go back into connecting with it, with their with the with the you know with this in between lifetime understanding and what it is that they've come to do. So if a person doesn't know or can't, doesn't think they can get it or they have a passion to know, there are people who do hypnosis to to bring that out. I was very fortunate that I was able to find that for myself, and um, and I thought, wow, no wonder I'm so passionate about it because there's nothing else in this world that I think I can do, I would want to do. As I said, I was in very successful in business, but when your soul or your heart feels, oh my God, there's nothing else that I want to do. You know as a fact, you have arrived somewhere that it is, your soul is here to service that and for the body, for it to to, to move through the sacred temple of the body. Yeah. And there, there was something you mentioned about, you know, your work is to break the code of human conditioning. So, so much of what you've said, Radhavi, is, is about shifting into such a new experience of understanding who we are truly and what we're meant to do here what's aligned with our, our soul's purpose here. However, as you spoke of earlier, there's a lot of conditioning that keeps us from that, that, that doesn't even encourage that from the time that we're born. And I think of it that that's why we develop this wounded inner child is because they're not encouraged to be free and truly expressed. So when you say that you're working on breaking the code of human conditioning, do you see a world in the future where there's no longer wounded inner children because we keep them, we allow them to be free? That's a really, really deep question. And um, there are many different ways for people to, to come alive and open to realize that this is, this is not right. So you start to wake up. There are different ways. But people who do the deep spiritual clearing... It, yeah, it's very important that we have to feel the feelings. That is the way in which you empty the emotions. And I can guarantee people, when you do that, the memory has no charge at all. You may think back and say, you don't feel anything. What we are feeling is the emotions that is attached to the memory. And sometimes we start to, to dissolve. Sometimes I said, I don't remember that anymore. It's gone. It's like um, writing my website. You know, I had a long story about my childhood. And then I said to my husband, you know, I don't feel like putting that anymore because I don't feel it. It's, it's gone. It's not important to me anymore. And he said, are you kidding? This is what people need to know and understand where you're coming from. And another friend said that too. So that's why it's on my website. I have no shame hidden away because we carry a lot of shame about who we think we are and based on how we were treated. And so we live in that world of identification that is really not who we are. And the more we clear that and remove that identification and the separate selves, the separate parts of us, and we start to come home to it. What, once we start to recognize how we feel, when we start to unveil, I don't think anybody would want to stop that because you, you, you're, you're becoming more free. And identification is a big, big thing that keeps us in our head. That's where yeah, the, the way that started thinking. Yes. Yeah, yeah so we identify with our our 
the things that have hurt us with our past, with our traumas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yet, you know, what you said, Radhavi, reminds me of, you know, I I am in recovery from uh, addiction and I reached a certain point where I no longer wanted to keep telling my story in regards to my experience in addiction because as kind of you said, I didn't really identify that with anymore anymore. I wanted to talk about mm-hmm. where I am now. And, you know, I think that's a part of our our journeys is what we're, you know, where we're at and what we're sharing. However, it's still something I'll I'll let people know because even though I have healed and moved on from that, I can still you offer it to others because some people are still there, right? So so it's kind of like you wear it as a badge so that people can identify and say, oh wow, you've been there. You had to do inner child, you had a wounded inner child. And can you help me to find mine? And you might say, oh, yes, I, I you know, I don't even think of that anymore because it doesn't feel a part of me like it used to. However, I can still share my experience because that's even though I'm not in that place, I see that you are. And I'd like you to know that I've I've been there and I've made it through. Yes. It, you know, our, our stories are really authentic yeah. because when you talk about your personal story, there's an energy about it that is so, so um, sincere and, and it, it comes through you. It's not thinking here, your experience, you're, you're bringing that experience out to people. And um, I think it's a very, very um, great way for people to understand that if you can't, if you did it, so can they. It's a support. And as my client, as my guide said to me one day, you know, you have gone through a lot of wounding and a lot of emotions, and you've, you know, because as a highly sensitive person too, I, I used to really, really take on and cry a lot. They said, but it does not become your medicine. It's part of your medicine bag. And I thought, oh, that is so sweet. It is. And they also say, every wrapping of that wound in a child is wrapped with, with, a, wrap, with a ribbon of pure love. So every time it's unwrapped, although the pain is so horrendous in their memory, there is a divine that is there that says there is so much love that that enfold all of the pain because there's an everlasting love that every human being carries, unlike they don't know it. And that is another experience I had. Everlasting love is always here, but it's, it, it's quiet. It's not screaming at you. It doesn't have a memory to remind you how horrible you were and what you did. In that quiet voice, in that quiet voice, right within your heart space in the center, you may feel that quiet voice or feel something. And that's why they say meditation is so important because what it does, it makes you be quiet and listen. So that's what it's it's all about, meditation, to, to, to support quiet coming down to the heart and uh, allowing whatever it is thought to not pay attention to it. But don't try to stop it. Just, just allow it while you just stay and be aware of it. So... Yeah, that's that's also when the truth comes through, and that's when you connect with your soul. Is when yes, you Abs- absolutely. That's when you connect with your soul. I heard a wonderful phrase yesterday that was, um, "It's time to let your ego rest and allow your soul to be heard." Oh, beautiful! That was that's very beautiful. And you know what? It reminds me of your work because we get into the ego because we become so full of fear and so disconnected from our true selves. We think that we are the ego that we had, as you said earlier, we have to fill certain roles and act in a certain way and be acceptable to certain people. And we get further and further from who we truly are. And then we get angry and frustrated 
Yes. And we allow the outer world. We, we allow ourselves to react to the outer world. Yeah. Uh, I, I want something comes to mind and I wanted to share with you that I hadn't thought about, but please do. Yes. Um, I, maybe 25, almost 30 years ago, I had a, a teacher and she was a channel teacher. So she came through someone. I adored her. I thought, ah, this is what I'm looking for. And we, we just held on to every word she said. So I became a vegetarian. I did juices every day. I became a vegan. I did all the stuff that I thought I needed to do as a spiritual person because I just loved her. And then um, time goes by and she, she left. And, I, and then I realized we were really, really still in that, in that ego state. And, and judgmental state. Although I was a spiritual person doing all these things, there was still judgment. And I decided to walk away from the group. So time goes by and I'm moving more into my sense of spirit. And um, I started to be introduced to the awakened teachers. And I was on a plane going back home I'm in flight in Jamaica, and I was reading one of those books from one of those awakened teachers, and something happened. I moved into a, a state, and down the aisle, I saw my identification. I woke up from my identification, and you know what that identification was? In a split second, I saw it. All those parts of me that felt spiritual doing my doing my um, vegetarian, doing all of those spiritual stuff, doing all of that was coming from an idea, my identification. Mm -hmm. That was not the true me. So I wanted to share that with people. We may think, oh, we're being a good person. You know, I'm such a loving person. And I'm doing all that. I'm, you know, I'm pleasing my mother. Am I pleasing my partner? And so, but how true is that? Where is it coming from? So I, that came that I needed, I wanted to share that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it is so important because I think what you're describing is it's that, it's that voyage, that long journey from your head to your heart, where you release the need for things to make sense logically. You release the need to do something because somebody else tells you it's what's spiritual or because somebody else tells you it's what's right or best for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. The only way you can know that is because you feel it in your heart. Yes. I That's woke up from that. I woke up from that illusionary dream of belief. And it, it, it was, a, it was a, a very amazing, shocking experience that I never went back to it. But it's like breaking through a glass ceiling. And, all, and, 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 and so I, over the years, I was picking up the shattered pieces, meaning like my separate selves, and that's moving more and more into becoming an, a, a more expanded consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you feel now? Can you share with us your experience now that you've done this work, you've come into your own, you're living from your, your soul? Do you have peace? I, whatever is happening outside is not concern for me at all. I am totally I'm totally in peace and uh, and uh, I, can, I can see people with their issues and I don't have a judgment about it. I allow and, and I and I see people that I could serve, but unless they're ready for that, it's not my business to go and say well, you know and I need to really work on you because you have some issues. That's the mind. I am totally, um, and, I, and I feel really close to my soul, by the way. Things I can feel, it's just not a thinking, it's, it's, it's a happening. Like today, for instance, when I, saw, when I saw you and that, I don't know why I'm searching. I'm searching. I'm, I'm going down into this thing on my computer, 
And I thought, wait a minute, that's Whitney. That's what I was searching. You know, I wanted to um, talk about the book that I'm asked to write. Yes, please. Yes, yes, and it's because of 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 where I am in 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 my consciousness. I had a vision. I don't know, standing somewhere in the house, like a three year old boy with his hand up in the air with a golden key in his hand, and he said to me, it was really earnest. He says, "I have, we have," because he was talking on behalf of the collective consciousness of. And I will tell you later, the collective consciousness of what. He says, we we have a key here to help the adults, but first they have to take us out of imprisonment. Wow. And then I started to have more information, but I I left this because I I wanted to share something that they said to me. And I want I brought my paper because I did not want to. I wanted to say exactly how it said. So I was in in my kitchen one day talking about the book because they've asked me to write the book. And when when I get as a messenger, I do not deviate from what I'm asked to do. And I started to get a download. So I ran up to my office, got the paper and pen, and started to write. And it said, and this was my essence speaking to me. So this is what it said. I'll just tell you a little piece because there was a long thing, which is, it's, it's, it, that is going to be part of the book. It said, yes, you turned away from me, but that had a remarkable effect and how much it awakened your understanding on opening the heart of the past pain and bringing me into fold to your heart and soul. You see, you see, we are a spark, source of consciousness that is necessary to be released from the bondage of emotional pain. We have much to remind the adults about simple love. The spark, us, has a direct link to God, spirit, whatever adults choose to call so. That was part of the download, and there was a lot more to it. So I have, so the book is halfway through and they told me because it's, I'm embarrassed to say I have never heard the word divine spark before. They said, we are not a wounded, we are not a wounded child. We are divine spark. And I said, wow, <laughs> this is funny. So I laugh at myself with that. So the divine spark is the essence of our souls. And that is the reason why unveiling when we live from our essence, that is simple love and freedom. This is when we release ourselves from the bondage of the human conditioning. This is when we break the code of the human condition. Is that what you will talk about in your book? You'll be sharing about? My book is going to be talking about, the, in you know different things, a chapter about utero, what happens in utero, and through my own experience too. And, and about how we suffer through the woundedness. And then I'm going to have things that they have told me. Their, their, their language is very different from mine. And that will be part of it, laced through the book. Because the book is about their words. And I'm adding my understanding and my own personal experience to some of it to the book. Awesome. I can't wait for that book. Yeah. yeah, so that's... I'll have to share when it's ready. Yes. And um, I'm humbled. I'm humbled that I've been asked to do that. And you know, you've asked me, I think this was part of my soul's agreement. But I didn't know that then. Now you do. Yes. And then when we follow, when we start to follow that divinity inside of us, we are walking through the mystery. What is the mystery in my world? The mystery is unseen, not unknown and unseen. But the more we move into that place of spirit, we, we, we are moving into the mystery, through the mystery. When it's time, based on where we are in our frequency and vibration, 
Trust me, it's not coming unless we are ready. Things were started open to us. And that's how this book came out. And so it's, it's about people really following the part of their heart. Mm-hmm. Yet they will have trouble following that path until they heal that wounded inner child. Yes. Because I think that's sort of yes. the, the block. So Radhavi, when you work with individuals, do you see their inner child? I do. I really do. And, um, and they speak to me. And, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell, and I'll tell my client, this is what, this is what she's saying, or he's saying. And I said, I said the essence, Whitney, it's so beautiful. I know, I know who that adult is. And some of those children are pretty awesome. They're really awesome. And then the most important thing of that is that I'm to hand their child over to them. So I want to be sure that they're able to hear their child. It's very, it's very important to me because when I'm gone, when they're gone away, for, you know, they don't have to call me and say, you know, I want to talk to my, to my inner child. I really, really want them to keep in touch. It's most important, most important. So there are things that the child says they would like. I said, what is it you'd like? The child would say what they would like. Mm-hmm. And so this, this freedom of connection with this piece, which is now outside the jail. And it's such a beautiful journey because once that child, which, you know, people call soul retrieval, I, you know, this part of, this is part that just broken away from you. It, and you have retrieved that child. The, 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 the wisdom keeper is a child, and you would be surprised what that child will tell that adult. Will guide them. They become their friend. They become their best friend. It's really beautiful to see. So doing the inner child work is not just unveiling who you are. But meeting and connecting again with that inner child, it's a wisdom keeper who's going to help to guide you. Would you use the word integration? That we're oh, absolutely. It 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 would be an integration. It's a so a soul retrieval is retrieving that most important to me in my own experience. The most important part of the adult is to retrieve your wisdom keeper, the essence, your essence, your innocence. And they're the ones who, are, who, are, who have given me information to um, put in the book, the collective, the collective innocence. And I'm just so honored. Uh, and when, so when you work with clients, do you have messages from their inner child that you give to them? Directly? Oh, yes. Sometimes I'll say, you know, I'll say um, the child says so-and-so. Um, I remember one client and I said, and she was um, retired. So she's an old, you know, a retired woman. And I said, your inner child, your child is telling me that she wants to go swimming. She wants to swim. And she said, ah, do you know when I was a teenager, I, I loved to swim. I used to swim a lot. I said, well, now she wants to go back to the water. Things like that that I would never know. And it may seem simple, but there is a a, a yearning inside to um, have that. It's a a sense of energy um, exchange and connection. It's wanting to be known. Yeah, so many, so many. That's been maybe pushed away. Yeah. yeah. Does the inner child share about where they've been wounded? Because I know that a lot of my clients will do inner child work when they have had traumas that they've, again, that they've kind of pushed down that they don't want to look at. Um, Does the inner child ask for healing? The pain that is coming is from the memory of the emotion that is trapped. Mm -hmm. 
If the, if the emotions is not trapped, you're not going to feel anything. Or if you are disassociated, by the way, which you, you know in your therapy, your behavior depicts something is not right. It, you, you may disassociate from the situation, but it's still, a, it's still alive inside the unconscious or the subconscious. Right. How so, do we set that emotion free? What's that? How do we set that emotion oh. free? So here, here is a thing that happens. First, when a client comes, it's like going to a specialist. I have to ask you all the things. You go to a specialist, you have to fill out forms and you ask questions. So the whole conversation starts with communication with my client. You're here because you have, you have, um, you, you're feeling upset about something. Okay, what's going on with you? You know, it could be my boss at the office. I can, I can bring it down to the root cause of where that came from. The body holds the memories. And you would be surprised how much that client will remember by taking them, taking them to their body to see where are they feeling something. This doesn't happen by... Okay, we're going to get the inner child. It's not going to happen that way. The, the pain, the pain of what they're carrying will allow me, lead me to, to there. So we, it's a journey we do together. It's a very intimate journey. It's such an intimate journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to go on that journey. I look forward to oh. working with you. You know, the, the work you do is sacred. Um, it's, very, it's very sacred. Good. And, you know, again, that's a lot of my focus in the work I do with Women Waken is bringing forth the the sacred work, the true healing work that sets, sets us free. And I want to thank you for the work you do and for yes. sharing. Yes. And, you know, I have looked back on, 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 on my life, Whitney, and I realized that the difficulties that I felt was really my classroom. I thought, oh my God, I could never have felt the compassion for humanity if I hadn't gone through it. So we have to look at everything and say, okay, what have I learned? What, 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 what is my wisdom for what happened to me? Like you, you know, something we can talk about at some point, but I know you've gone through that. What is my wisdom? What is, what am, I came away from that classroom because I had to learn something. What is it I learned? And it's such a beautiful to give thanks at that moment to say, right, to get to that place of giving thanks. Yeah. Yes. I would um, like for you to share where, you know, I know that I know a lot of people who would love to work with you. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to work with you. How can they find you? Okay, they can find me on my website. It's radavi.net. www. And I all I also give a 20-minute um, complimentary sacred conversation. They can sign up for that first. Really get to know me. Get to know me. I tell people, don't go to any facilitator unless you feel comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And that includes me. So this is this is how we can meet each other. And first of all, and then we can take it from there. Wonderful. Well, I know a lot of people are going to be excited to connect with you. So thank you so much for sharing about the incredible work that you do. Thank you for bringing this gift forth and for the dedication that you give for, for starting to help people heal and to move into that place. Cause I hold the same vision. You know, I hold your vision where we are healed and we're connected with that divine spark. What a great phrase. What a beautiful thing. It's, it's, I think that that's what's we're seeing now that's coming forward is, is that divine spark wanting ready to come out. We've, we've kept it in for too long. Yes. And, and here's the thing that the world is going through. We're going through a chaotic, I call it, um, well, we're going through a spiritual war, 
There's things are chaos is happening, it's breaking up. Things, but one thing that I want to leave uh, the listeners with is that as divine sparks, we are all from the one flame of the divine. So we are all united in this collective. We are part of each other because that divine is within every human being. And it doesn't matter how much you have been hurt by one, by a person. It's because they're blocked away from who they really are. And, and so your best, your, your, we ought to be our best friends. That's the only way. It's the only gift. The gift we have for the world is to be very friendly with ourselves. That's one thing that, or one of the things that we have the most trouble with right now is finding a way to accept ourselves and to be our own greatest supporter and friend. And that's one of the passions that I have. I can't help. I can't help it. It's there. I'm very supportive. I just can't. It's just part of my my essence (laughs) to be supportive because there is such a beautiful diamond in every human being for whatever reason they are here for. We are not, we are not here because we were dragged down and got here. We came in for a reason and the world would never be the same without each one of us. How much we are like a tapestry, you know, with different colors and different things. And if we can just say, we are, we are responsible for ourselves. There's nobody, nobody can ever heal us. And I really want to say that unless a person is ready, they will never be able to open to me. And I've seen that before. You, don't, you won't open to anybody. And so I, I have, you know, that, that feeling of, of support and love and compassion to hold that space for my clients. Well, thank you so much for holding that space because the more that this work is shared about and talked about, I think more people do open to exploring that and seeing just how important it is. Yes. I think currently we we very much devalue and don't look at that form of work as being essential yet it's the most essential thing there is it's the basic thing we have you have to basically remove all that all those identities and um and become more more honest with ourselves and more loving to ourselves and let that spark shine because like you said we all have it and i think the other issue is i think there are people who genuinely feel they don't have it i think there's certain people think they just don't have a divine spark and they don't realize that that's impossible (laughs) i know it's because they're trapped in their beliefs yes you know trapped in their beliefs yes Mm. wow well radavi thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing everything about yourself and your amazing work and for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Whitney, for having me and you're you're very um, caring, caring um, interviewer, very open, caring, and, and very sensitive to the conversation we've had, we've been having. It's sacred. It's very important. I appreciate you and your time. And I'm so excited that everyone gets to hear about the incredible work that you do. So thank you again. Thank you so much. And I I am so grateful to be here and to be sharing with you. It's so wonderful. All the best to you. Thank you. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guests. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, 
leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at womenwaken.com and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your light shine and keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic.